welcome back, you degenerate listeners, to the next installment of Winning Our Wagers podcast. Yes, I know, I'm just as confused as you guys are. Pretty sure last time we left this, it was probably two years ago. Uh, I was in PA school, now I'm a full-fledged PA, lazy piece of shit, and making nice money, which is good, but, you know, life moves on, now I have two kids, stuff like that. Uh, But here to recap the 2023 NFL season real quick. So something I always do at the end of every year, I typically type into a Word document, and it quickly approaches like 30 pages. So I thought, fuck it, why not just record it, make it a four-hour podcast, and then I can listen to it on my own time come next July when my fantasy baseball team is in first place and I'm trying to review fantasy football. Uh, of course, you guys always know, I'm always co-piloted by my buddy Ryan. So Ryan, how the hell are you? I like how you mentioned listeners, like we still have people listening to the show. Me? Yeah, we produced what over Maybe 18 JJ months ago. In 15 years. Right. So, what are we, uh, 18, 24 months behind schedule? Three kids between us later. If Tom Brady were to win another Super Bowl, we'd probably have a fourth kid to talk about, but we don't. So, uh, let's get into this. That. Yeah. Let's get into this fantasy wrap up here. Yeah. Uh, quick note I don't even think we announced that uh, you were due with the child last time. I don't even know if he was conceived. I think it was around that time, if I'm not mistaken. Just a quick it, point. It, it quite possibly have been. I'm not uh, up to date on my conceiving schedule from uh, back in that timeline, but it's quite possible. Maybe, I or I might be. Who knows? Anyway, uh, so kind of the idea with this is just kind of go over some NFL stuff overall, but mostly fantasy football focus. And, you know, just kind of recap, because I think come end of next season, people always look back at stats, and it doesn't tell the whole picture. We know stats are important, but there's other stuff to kind of keep an eye on. You know, things happen during the season you don't always remember, and it sometimes is pertinent, I think. And you kind of forget that over the course of this. Especially summer. over the course of basically four and a half months, and playoffs seem like it's, it's been its own, you know, its own season, which it really basically is. Yeah, I feel like playoffs normally are fairly straightforward. This year it's been wild. Uh, the last thing I have to ask before we get into it, Ryan, what are you drinking? Uh, this is going to be a little out there. This is actually going to be a silver bullet, a little Coors Light, because I ran out of Bush Light yesterday, and I had to have a Blue Moon with dinner, so Coors Light per dessert it is. That's a sad day. I have a Voodoo Ranger by New Belgium. Yeah, nobody knows what that is. Uh, it's a very, very good beer. It's one of the staple beers. So. Anyway, uh, a few quick notes I have of the NFL season. It just seemed like scoring was down overall. Maybe it was due to poor QB drafting in the last few years. Um, I can recall a few years, early 2000s, where it seemed like three Hall of Fame quarterbacks were taken in back-to-back drafts at least, and really hasn't been a lot the last few years, so maybe that's it. Um, maybe a lack of coaching uniqueness. Everyone's just copycat, 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 and if you learn how to stop one offense, you can seemingly stop them all. Um, I think a part of it too, Ryan, I don't know if you know this, every single NFL team in the last two years has had turnover at offensive coordinator. I know it was 16 offensive coordinators already we were going to change from last season to this season on top of, what, seven or eight head coaches with the greatest coach of all time not even landing a job. <laughs> yeah, but every single team over the course of 2022 and 2023 has changed their offensive coordinator. Pretty wild. I mean, as we do um, this wrap-up, it's great to have some insight, but obviously we have free agency, we still have coaching decisions, we still have um, the draft so basically everything's going to change based on what the Chicago Bears decide to do. Um, nothing happens until they decide, basically. So everything's about the Bears. Yeah, for you maybe. Yeah, I think this is a good standpoint. I mean, we don't know what happened after the draft because obviously we're not sure. Draft doesn't happen yet. This is, hell, February 7th. 
the overlord as we sit here. But anyway, uh, yeah, just kind of our thoughts at the end of the season, where players were, how we expected, what happened, blah, blah, blah. Um, once the NFL draft happens, you obviously and I will touch base, talk about our dynasty team in real life, probably not on the podcast, but whatever. And then obviously stuff to consider like free agency over the off season. So this is just one stop in the off season schedule. So stuff to keep in mind. Well, uh, without further ado, I guess get us started with the AFC East. We're going to go in order of final season standings in each division. And that leaves us with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Bills finished the season at 11 and six as division winners since they beat the Dolphins. What in the final week of the season, uh, they finished uh, four and two within the division, which is pretty good considering. Well, I say that, but not really because the Jets were a big, big downfall. But uh, four and two is still still pretty good within the division by any metric. Um, overall, players, uh, we were basically on par with everything that we believe going into the season that Josh Allen would be, which is arguably fantasy quarterback number one and still a top flight quarterback in the NFL. Aside from fantasy speaking. Um, James Cook, looking at the running back situation, I can't say this is somebody that we were both in love with. It was more of a guy going into the season that if we got him at a later value, I think we would have been happy with it. We probably anticipated there being a little bit more of a running game there, which uh, based on the way their season went, which was started okay and then really shit their pants um, and then basically had to climb out of the cellar, which I think we both anticipated uh, that happening. I know we talked about it a few times. So Cook... Um, I don't know, what do you think, exceeded expectations or just about met them or slightly above where we thought he'd be? I'd have to say he exceeded. I mean, he finished in this league, so everything is based on my league. It's half-point PPR. There are small bonuses for, you know, big days, 100-plus yards, whatever, and long touchdowns, but they're pretty minimal. So this should be fairly accurate compared to, like, standard scoring. But he was RB11. Um, He was drafted, I want to say, like, fifth, sixth round. He was some guy we kind of liked, I don't think, enough compared to the guys he was – Drafted around, but he was definitely a player that had some big weeks, but also had a number of weeks under six points. So I would say exceeded expectations, but not by a ton. Yeah, and I mean, going into next season, I don't know. I mean, running backs, we already talked about off-air that it's already going to be a bit of a cesspool as that position as a whole is kind of hard to rely on, especially with injuries. So I almost have the same opinion about James Cook going into next year. I don't remember what they've done at offensive coordinator. I think they've brought somebody from within and Joe Brady was uh, promoted mid season. Right. And will likely stay. Okay. So, I mean, there were games that they ran, but I mean, that team revolves around Josh Allen. So I can't say that it's going to be a guy that I key on anything else in that backfield. Lat Murray, Damian Harris, apparently still has a pulse. I know we had some injury issues, you know, go figure. That's basically that guy's whole career. Um, Other key guys on offense, Stefan Diggs, up and down, start of the season, pretty good on fire. Target machine, I think he finished with like 160 targets. Um, Definitely left you wanting more as the season went on. Going into next year, I think there's some serious question marks with him just because of what appeared to be some issues with his brother on Twitter um, and I guess some sort of apparent beef with Josh Allen. But how do you complain when you have 160 targets? Something's definitely going on there. Um, There's a money situation, so we'll see what happens. But uh, he's definitely going to be probably drafted later and should be drafted later than where he went last year, which was a first round almost pick. Um, and then he should be falling um, down to what do you what you interject? No, just want to jump in there. So 107 receptions, 100, uh, 1183 yards, eight touchdowns. He had a great season, fell off a cliff somehow. After week 12, he had one game of double digit fantasy points. Uh, 
I don't think he scored a single touchdown. And I, if I remember correctly, uh, I felt like going into the season, there was this weird issue going on. People were wondering if we wanted to play for the team. And he ended up being an absolute behemoth over the first two-thirds of the season. That all went away. But I'm remembering that something happened preseason, and we were not sure what was going on there. He ended up playing. But now this is two off-seasons in a row that there's, you know, tumultuous changes, I guess, going on or something going on in his life. So Yeah, there's, you know, some there's a real of, chance he's not there anymore. Right, just some drama that's lingering with some of these guys. But welcome to the NFL and whatever that brings with you there. Um, wide receivers. Gabe Davis, I would say he's dead. I'll never draft him. I haven't really been on him. I think we're agreement there. Cleo Shakir, if they don't bring in anyone else, is probably a guy to keep an eye on because somebody has to get those targets. Kincaid and Dawson Knox, I mean, we're not really big tight end guys. They're both fine and usable, um, especially if one of the other guys is hurt. So that was a pretty big, deep dive into the Bills. We'll probably need to change how we do this because we're going to be doing this for uh, seven hours. But uh, Dolphins... Technically tied the Bills in record at 11-6. and six. Uh, Shit their pants down the end of the season, which seems to be what they always do now. 4-2 uh, and two in the division. Um, I think we were both high going into the season on the Dolphins with the way that offense is. Um, we expected good things out of Tyreek. I know that was a guy we didn't get in fantasy, but we were both really wanting to. I think you got him in one spot. I never was able to get him. I, didn't, I only picked the beginning and ends of draft. I never had anything in the middle to grab him at like nine or, or 10, something around those lines. Uh, Tua, I mean, he is who we thought he was. He's just a guy, has no arm, but he can kind of get it done. From a fantasy perspective, he's probably relevant just with the passing game and the receivers that he has there. It's definitely not someone that probably makes either of us feel good. And I think going into next year, we're probably more down on him than we were probably going into this season. Because it just seems like there was a little bit of regression there. He stayed healthy, which was a good thing considering the concussions issues last year. Probably still fringe top 12 fantasy quarterback going into next season, but still some questions with that team as a whole and what they're going to do, especially at running back where you had Raheem Mostert, who we were not in on because he's older than dirt and somehow managed to have, what, 12, 1,300 yards and 20 rushing touchdowns. Uh, You have to imagine our boy, um, Devon, Achan, if you want to call it the correct pronunciation for Joey over there, that's a guy that we're probably going to be higher on next year than Mostert. I, at least I think I would going into it. Um, a guy that we had circled last year as somebody that could take over that backfield. Um, everything else there is pretty much dead. Jeff Wilson, Salvin Ahmed. Um, it's basically Mostert and Achan, and I would imagine Mostert has to get hurt here soon. Yeah. Uh, final quick note about the Bills. You know, we'll take more times on important teams, and there's two very unimportant teams coming up. Uh, Kincaid was highly, highly, highly touted coming out of the draft as a tight end. People in fantasy wanted him, but we held tight. He ended up doing really well because Dawson Knox was hurt for a large portion of the season. Uh, but future reference, I'm not buying into rookie tight ends. This is kind of a one-off. Um, as for quarterbacks, if you Sam look Laporta, at would like a word. <laughs> This year was different. We'll get to that a little bit later. Um, my league Dolphins QB finished QB 14. You know, he had the yards. He had the touchdowns. It's just he has no rushing ability. So, you know, he is exactly what you said. He is who we thought he is. We thought he had top eight upside if he stayed healthy. He did, but he's, he, he's not running the ball anymore. So I don't expect any changes there. Um, agree with you, Mostert, not touching ever again. 31, never stayed healthy. Somehow he did. Luck season. Um, finished RB3. Devin A-Chain, though, I don't know. He's small. 
He could get hurt, but he is clearly explosive. He was absolutely electric when he was on the field. Someone to keep an eye on, but I have a feeling he's going to be like a post-draft hype guy. Probably going to end up going top four rounds. That's the concern Um, with him is where he's going to end up going. I mean, if it's a guy that slides a little bit, I mean, obviously talking about draft strategy and where guys are going to go, I don't think we've really dissected rankings, but the running back landscape as a whole is going to be pretty interesting. So it's hard to say. I mean, it's pretty cliche that we'd say we draft a guy if he falls in the right position. But I think that's more true than ever. You don't want to overreach on running backs going into next season. You know, if the, and you probably want to circle a group of guys, and I think you could include A-Chain in that group, that if you get him at the right value, he could be a star because what he did on limited touches was still, was still really impressive. And that offense with McDaniel should still be top flight in the NFL, at least from a fantasy perspective. I'm not talking wins and losses, at least. Yeah. And I think we even mentioned a couple of years ago that we like the running back in the system. Uh, but long story short, I think he's someone that at high draft, you know, price, not going to target. But if he falls in your lap and you're, you know, you have a true number one or maybe you invest in the entire backfield, fine. Um, as for Tyreek, he was wide receiver three, basically had him as my wide receiver four. Happy about that. Um, curious to see what happens. Apparently he impregnated three ladies this season. So I'm not sure what's going on there. There's always, uh, always something going to be. Also, yeah, aside I, from that, his house caught on fire in like the final couple of weeks of the season, which apparently was an accident, which is fine. But drama always follows these types of people that seemingly just can't not stay in the spotlight to some regard. Also, did you hear about the divorce thing with him? He had the divorce penned up with his attorney, submitted. and like I guess his attorney <laughs> accidentally submitted a divorce. Like, can you imagine that conversation over dinner? <laughs> like, oh, that was just in case. Yeah. Like, I was trying to get ready. Might have to accidentally submit for the divorce for my wife now that she just walked in the door. So, anyway, uh, um, player I think worthwhile next year, depending on cost. Not sure I'm going to take him second overall, but I think Waddle might be a looming good, uh, you know, looming good value. He could. And it's not worth owning in this right. system at all. Zero. Um, I don't know. Uh, coaching changes on defensive side, so I don't know if we really want to touch that at this point. It's going to change their team outlook. They may be behind in games more, which I'm not sure. They seem to do better playing in games when they were ahead and scoring more than they did coming from behind. Uh, I think it just forced them to have to throw the ball, which basically exposed Tua a little bit more. Uh, We can enter the same conversation about Lamar, but we'll get to that at another point. Uh, Rolling down the AFC East, we have the Jets, uh, 7-10 on the season, 2-4 within the division. Uh, Their season basically died four snaps uh, into (laughs) their first offensive uh, drive. Uh, with Rodgers blowing his Achilles out. Um, I was actually kind of disappointed with Rodgers. I don't want to talk about him too much, but I kind of wanted to see what he did there because I, I think we both agree we thought he was going to be quite underwhelming with what happened there. Everything else at quarterback was a cesspool. Um, I'd imagine they may think about drafting. Uh, I say that. They're pretty much all in at Rodgers at this point, so maybe they get a late-round guy to bring in there or they find some other veteran to back up Rodgers in case he gets hurt, but... Um, I don't know if there's a lot of certainty and something that you could trust there at quarterback, at least from a fantasy perspective. If Rodgers is healthy, I'd imagine they'd win more games just because you don't have Zach Wilson touching the ball. Uh, running back-wise, Brees Hall, I don't know. I, I think we had high hopes for him, but going into the season, if we think back, he was a guy we didn't know if he was even going to touch the ball because they had brought in Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook was nothing um, so I think Brees Hall, Joey, you can look at the rankings and see where he was, but he probably finished, what, top 15? Top number two. 
the second best running back in fantasy football. Was he that high? That's actually kind of shocking. more of a statement as to how shitty the running back position is. He was over 100 points behind McCaffrey in this. Are you talking points per game or total to points? 264. Total points total are talking. Points. He's the number two ranked running back in this setup. 60 more points than Saquon at 13. Uh, over 100 points, 111 points behind McCaffrey. I think that tells you more about the running back landscape than it does Brees Hall because he had weeks where he was absolutely seemingly nothing, truly. Um, anything else that running back is basically dead. I would imagine Carter and Avaconda are probably running backs two and three again Carter next year. Carter got traded to the uh, Cardinals halfway oh. through the season. Oh. Behind, uh, yeah, Forgot about of. that. Okay. Uh, well, that's good for Dynasty because we have Avaconda, so maybe we'll get some extra shares and a little bit of touches with him. Um, wide receiver-wise, if Rodgers is playing, um, I think Wilson is still a good option. I think he's proved that he's a good receiver, but you have to have somebody to throw to him there. He's the only guy at wide receiver that I would trust on that team. Cobb, Lazard, whatever else, whoever else dead carcass they're throwing out there to line up um, is a waste of space. Tight end, waste of space there also. I really wouldn't worry about that. I don't think they made any coaching changes there at all. Am I correct? Is that correct? Correct, despite uh, exactly what I would recommend. That's exactly what happened. No changes. Uh, quick note, Garrett Wilson finished at wide receiver 29. Obviously, we expect a little bit of improvement, but I don't expect that much more. You know, maybe upper wide receiver two at best. I, I'm guessing more wide receiver two, like mid-tier. Um, anyone else there, it's an absolute cesspool. Uh, Brees Hall, I agree with you. We expected good things from him, but we didn't know what the touches were going to look like. They obviously tried to bring in Dalvin Cook. And Brees Hall then did good. This is like the second time in a row. Uh, the other one was with um, uh, Nick Chubb when he got brought to the uh, Browns. I knew he was a great talent. I had trepidation behind, like, you know, being cautious on taking him, and then I kind of regretted it after the season. So I guess one lesson to myself here is if you really believe in a talent, just make the pick and hope for the best because, honestly, with running back, that's kind of all you can do. You say that, but the, but it's it's hard to look back and question – I still think we made the right decision, truly. It didn't work out in our favor, but there was so much uncertainty and so much talk about Devin Cook. It's hard to, to judge yourself. You can only make a decision based off the information you have. And in the moment, you know, should we you know, have thought about him maybe a little bit higher? I guess you could make that argument. But at the same time, you don't want to invest too much into a guy that's going to be a dead asset because if you draft a fifth-round running back, you need a return. You know, and if he ends up at running back 40, you're basically shooting your foot off. Correct, but, you know, I, I do have to say, both you and I, I think, would have agreed before the season. He's like a top five running back in the NFL. From a talent perspective, without a doubt, yeah. me and you have both been on Brees. I had him last year, and he was a monster and then broke his leg off, which, which sucked. So, um, anyway, the Jets stink. Let's move on to the Pats. Uh, finished the season a balmy 4-13. and um, This is pretty much where we thought the team was going to end up, just not a good team. A lot of uncertainty there with what was going on at Belichick. Horrible quarterback situation, as it seemed. Mac Jones has not been himself. Bailey Zappi, also just a flaming turd. Um, would clearly expect them to draft a quarterback here coming up. Um, from an other fantasy perspective, Ramondre Stevenson, he, I think, had an okay season based on everything we knew. Um, I really don't. Joey, do you know where he finished the season as far as rankings went? Ramondre, off the top of your head? 
Sorry, I'm being distracted by this. Um, I found it. Running, running back 35. So I don't know where he ended up drafted in our league. He went in the third. Yeah, that's a horrible. I was going to say second, third round. So. Yikes, that's bad. Okay, so he definitely underperformed from a fantasy perspective. Yeah. Part of it was injuries, though. I mean, final one, two, three, four, five weeks he missed. And, I mean, before that he had a number of double-digit weeks. So, you know, he was underperforming-ish a little, but I think he really caught on toward the middle of the yeah. season and then injuries is what derailed the season. Right, because they still had Zeke that was hanging around, and Zeke did pretty good when he was out. And Stevenson definitely picked it up because I know I had him and Guillotine for a little. So definitely underwhelming, but I don't want to put it all on him. I don't think it, I think it was just more of a team-based thing than anything, which is probably in part why we steered clear of him. I think from where his draft value was going, if I remember correctly, um, Zeke. I think Zeke is still there, but you don't want any part of of that body. Um, wide receivers were all basically. I don't know, kind of a disappointment. Juju wasn't really much. Devontae Parker was nothing. Tycon Thornton and Demario Douglas were two guys that did kind of shine a bit from, from, a, but from a fantasy perspective. You're just talking about basically bench flyers at this point going into next season. Um, when you don't have a quarterback, um, it really devalues these guys. So I expect them to end up probably with like a Drake May or something. I just don't know how much that's going to completely change their fantasy outlook. Um, Thornton and Douglas found a way to still get some fantasy points um, toward the end of the season as they were just kind of chucking the ball up there. But um, until they have a quarterback, it's really hard to think anything highly of those guys. And I'd also say the same about tight ends. It's just Hunter Henry and Mike Gusecki. It's just, it's just a complete waste. It still is going to be a bottom, probably a bottom five team in the league going into next year with a brand new coach and Drod Mayo. I know they lost Belichick's kid as well. So that team is a mess. I don't think we should waste any more time on them from a fantasy perspective. Oh, they were dog shit. We stayed away from Ramondre, which ended up being good. I, I'd say it was probably close to a wash based on how he was projected points per game-wise. Uh, wanted nothing to do with quarterbacks. Didn't touch any of the wide receivers. Um, Thornton and DeMario Douglas, I think, were hot waiver wire names, but they actually didn't end up being like good producers. And the only player I actually targeted in the system was Mike Gusecki as my third tight end in best ball, so... Happy to stay away from that. I do think with a new system, maybe something comes out next year, especially because this is going to be a team a lot of people just throw by the wayside, and that's when you can sometimes find a solid wide receiver three or four, but I think that's pretty much it. Um, defensively, I mean, they're a good defense, and you know, if that's all you're going to do is burn and churn and hope for the best basically at the end of the game and hope for a 17-10 to 10 win, not really fantasy relevant, and I don't think that's going to change going into next year. Let's kind of have you taking over looking at the players. I'm going to try my best, too. But next up, we have the Baltimore Ratbirds, 13-4 uh, and four season, 3-3 three and three in a division, which is hilarious to me. Um, you know, quarterback Lamar Jackson, they had a good backup in Tyler Huntley, which I do think is important, especially in our league, which is team quarterback. Um, you know, I think that really helps. If you don't have team quarterback, you should start doing it. Um, Lamar ended up finishing as a top three uh, quarterback. He ended up playing every game, which... You know, not surprising that he finished up there that since he played every game, but kind of surprised he didn't end up shooting his pants halfway through the third quarter in a couple of those. Um, you know, but MVP didn't deserve it, in my opinion. I don't think you disagree. Overall, decent for fantasy football purposes. He was drafted as the fourth quarterback off the board probably everywhere. So, you know, he did what he needed to do. Running back, I did not want to touch this backfield. I've been jaded and fucked by them too many times. J.K. Dobbins went down seemingly instantly. Gus Edwards was hot for a short amount of time for no reason other than he somehow fell into the end zone twice a week, probably four or five times. Yeah. And then Justice Hill, 
Ryan, we gave up on this dude four or five years ago after year after year after year having ha- uh, faith in him. And then he somehow becomes fancy relevant. So fuck us, I guess. But yeah, I, I hate I mean, to see how that happens. Keaton Mitchell kind of popped in there too, but he's frailer than me and you combined. So that is not somebody yeah. I, I'd imagine they're going to run it back with Gus and if Dobbins can be alive again. Another Achilles injury, though, for running backs, it's probably a death sentence. So wouldn't be surprised if they maybe draft another young running back to get up another body in there. Still going to avoid it completely. When you have a rushing quarterback like that, it does take away touchdowns. However, some research and stats indicates necessarily doesn't, but in this one I truly think it does. Also, I don't know how many times I have to hear about running backs in Baltimore getting hurt. I just I can't. I literally cannot. So I'm avoiding it unless they draft like a B. John Robinson type body. I'm not doing it. Wide receiver, um, I think you and I were the same in this in that we avoided everybody completely. Um, I ended up getting a few Zay Flower shares like midseason, and we were hot behind OBJ for a minute, maybe in like late July, early August, and then we just said, nope. And I literally don't think I own a single player outside of best ball from this group which I probably took a number of shots at just hoping I got lucky, and I don't think any of those were safe flowers, so it didn't help. And then finally at tight end, um, important note here, Mark Andrews was the tight end one before he got hurt, went to IR. Was Isaiah he Likely actually ahead of Hawkinson? He was number one when he got hurt, according to Hugh, shall not be named, finished as tight end 13. I don't believe that when play. he said it, by the way. I listened to it too. <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six. Missed six games and had a bye in there too, so missed the last seven weeks. Um, you know, had a pretty good season, likely stepped into. I think they should use to more two tight end sets, but I think Andrews is worthy of being a top three tight end. Don't forget the offensive coordinator is who helped Garrett Bowers, you know, be really good at um, Georgia, not in 2023, but 2022. He knows how to use uh, tight ends. So I think he is worth a stab going into next year. But the injury history is kind of creeping up there. Agreed. I think... Uh... Tight end wise, you got to be a little bit leery with his body. But if there's anyone you're going to trust there to catch the ball, it would probably be him. If you're going to be in a league that has anything to do with a tight end, yep. And that's not even talking about. We'll mention it probably at the end, but tight ends might be uh, fading into oblivion next year just because there's so many seemingly good options. Next team up, we got the Cleveland Brownies, 11 and six in the year, finished second in division, three and three um, with a divisional record. Um, this one's tough because we expected a lot from this team, and I think they exceeded everybody's expectations but our own. You know, starting with Deshaun Watson, everyone hated on him. Everyone said how terrible he was. Everybody's wrong. He was doing solid, especially toward the end. And don't forget, he did spend two years away from football, so to expect him to come in instantly and be great is foolish. But toward the end of his tenure, he actually looked pretty solid, so I think he is a player if he's outside the top, like, 10, 12 at quarterback, you know, 100% going to jump on him next year. Two tight end, two quarterback leagues. If he is a second quarterback, going to love that. Um, and it even showed. I mean, Joe Flacco came into the system and looked like a god, even though he's turned the ball over left and right. Um, the funny thing was, though, P.J. Walker, and I um, forgot the other dude's name, but it's three initials, was absolutely horrendous. And honestly, if they have a healthy Deshaun Watson, I think they might even win the division in 2023. I mean, if else, I mean, the, talk about injuries. You lose your quarterback, your running back. I know they had injuries on defense everywhere across the board. I forget the name of that quarterback you were talking about, but injuries really derailed this team. I mean, Jerome Ford is a pretty good step in for what Chubb is, but you can't really replace what Nick Chubb is precisely. Um, 
you know, they still have some depth there with Kareem Hunt that they ended up re-signing and Pierre Strong. So it can't say that they didn't find some able bodies, but like I said, it's never really going to never going to fully replace what Chubb is. I'm pretty sure they had injuries on offensive line as well. They did. I think they missed like two or three guys throughout the season for set of periods. But yeah, Nick Chubb, catastrophic knee injury early week one, I think, literally. Um, sad to see he is my favorite player in the NFL outside of T.J. Watt or Steelers players. But, you know, sad he is in the Browns. But he's my favorite. Uh, yeah, Jerome Ford came in, running back 15, did solid. Kareem Hunt luckily didn't do that much. Um, luckily, he had a stretch Ford where he had touchdowns. Yeah, to start the season, then he completely fell off by the wayside, which was nice. Uh, but, yeah, Jerome Ford held up pretty good. I think Pierre Strong is a reasonable backup. Uh, a wide receiver, Mari Cooper, really started to kick it on um, toward the end of the season with Joe Flacco. He ended up finishing at wide receiver 15. I know you and I were big on him during the season, and unfortunately he just didn't do shit when we kind of needed him. Um, you know, once Watson went out before Flacco got there, it was just a wasteland. I think he is a player that has – Low and wide receiver one upside. He's shit, he's probably like 31 now, but um, he's someone he, I think is going to slip a little bit next year in drafts, and I'm going to be all over him. Especially if you, I mean, you take away, I mean, you could say that for a lot of guys because it's seemingly all these players have a big game, but he had a massive, massive game, um, which was probably, I think, the second highest scoring wide receiver game this season when he went off for. 280 11, yards. 265, and 2 for 52.0 points in this league. Yeah, and that still wasn't the best wide receiver performance of the year, which is crazy. He is 29. He'll be 30 in June. So I think there's still... He's not old for a wide receiver. Still a little tread on, on those tires there. I think it would be nice if they had another wide receiver option. Elijah Moore doesn't seem to be it. Um, you know, Cedric Tillman's lingering around. He could be that guy. Obviously, though, it seemed they finally figured out how to use Njoku, but maybe that's just check down Charlie Joe Flacco. I don't know. I, I always believed in Njoku and the talent. You look at his body, his speed, his size, his burn face, um, all that stuff ended up being, um, you know, like they look like you can't pick and uh, create your own tight end any better than what his body is, basically. Um, and it just never really seemed to amount to anything until basically this year when he tried to kill me in my fantasy championship. Yeah, he is the epitome of a player that breaks out after years and years and years of expecting it. He finished at tight end six. People are going to expect it next year after four straight double-digit performances in the year, 24, 23, 13, 17. He's completely on my do-not-draft list next year. Could he be decent? Yes, but people are going to draft him as a top-six tight end. I think there's a plethora of tight end talent, young and ascending guys. Just, I'm not doing it. I can't, can't take a risk on him next year. I just refuse to. Um, I think Elijah Moore is a better real-life wide receiver, not fantasy-relevant. And you and I both love Cedric Tillman from a dynasty perspective. You know, if anything were to happen to Cooper, I think he could ascend to the number one. So he's going to be someone I target in best balls next year. Kind of did this year, but did not result in anything. Next team up, you're going to close your ears for this. Pittsburgh Steelers, 10-7, and 5-1 and one in this division. The only division with all four teams to uh, finish over, far, over 500, just saying. Uh, Quarterback-wise, Kenny Pickett looked great preseason. A lot of people actually started to consider him as a QB2 viable guy and obviously did not happen. Matt Canada is literally football cancer. Luckily, they got rid of him, and then he got hurt. So, unfortunately, if you're the Steelers, you still don't know what to do at quarterback. Yes, you could try to look outside, but you've invested in him. Whatever. No, it's uh, too Rudolph late. Rudolph looked they okay. Need to move on from him. 
That's the only option they have. They're not going to go anywhere with him at quarterback. It's done. It's over. Luckily, they brought in my guy, Arthur Smith, at uh, offensive coordinator. That was the most sarcastic thing I've ever said in my life. Anyway, moving on from the quarterbacks. Can't wait until Justin I don't want Fields to do. quarterbacking that team next year. Uh, no, I would be on suicide watch. I hope really. I really hope listening to this, I'm not just shaking my head. like I can't <laughs> believe they fucking brought in Justin Fields. Anyway, um, running back-wise, I know uh, – you and I were both high on Najee Harris. We both liked Jalen Warren as a backup. And um, despite what most people probably think, Najee met expectations-ish. Uh, running back 22. Yes, it fell a little short, but um, you know this backfield was just literally a one-two punch constantly back and forth. Unfortunately, for fantasy purposes, it doesn't make it extremely valuable. But if you own this backfield next year and one of them goes down, I think you have absolute boons. I also think they're going to build up the offensive line, so I'm probably going to be back in next year depending on cost. If it costs me a second-round pick, no. If I can get Najee in the fourth and Warren in the sixth and I can just lock down this backfield and say, screw it, I have an RB2 at worst, I think I'm going to be in, uh, especially uh, with what I think they're going to do. Wide receiver George Pickens, uh, believe it or not, finished at wide receiver 23, probably cost. Um, had a lot of down weeks, and then, of course, booms, you know, 6, 24, 9, 4, 25, 15, 0. Like, that's what he does. So as your wide receiver 3, you could do worse. Not ideal, but you could do worse. Um, Devont, uh, sorry, Deontay Johnson, not sure what they're going to do with him. I think they should bring him back. I think they will bring him back. Not the most fantasy-relevant guy, especially in this offense. Nobody else worthwhile. Fun note, they do have Allen Robinson because they love the Bears rejects. Finally, at tight end, they have uh, Pat Fryermuth and Darnell Washington. Fryermuth had some expectations going into the year. They did not use him. You know, he was hurt for a good portion, uh, missed about at least four or five weeks during the season. Fantasy-wise, I think there's other tight ends to use. Maybe he's used more, but they also have, like, two or three tight ends I like to use. So only thing I'm looking at next year is running back and then maybe Pickens, and that's it, unless they make a splash, which they shouldn't, and I hope they don't. I still have a hard time digging too deep into Pickens. I mean, I think the talent's there, but he's also a head case, and he's somebody that wants to whine and bitch and moan when he's not getting the ball. Um, I would have a hard time putting any major stock into drafting any of those wide receivers. Even Pickens, I would I would question it and probably would let it fall unless they do something else at quarterback. going to be really interesting to see what they do at running back. Um, you'd think Arthur Smith, going back to his days with the Titans, he ran Derrick Henry to the ground, and that got him a head coaching position with the Falcons. So maybe he keys on Najee Harris as the guy. And then you look at what he did with, him at, with the Falcons, and he basically just ran Bijan Robinson into the production ground, and he did nothing with him and wasted him. So I would believe he's going to probably key on one of those guys, I would hope. Um, that's the only leeriness I have with that whole situation is at this point, we cannot tell you who's going to be the guy. If there's magically an injury, I think the guy who gets it and is left is going to have actually really good value. But when it's split, the hard part is picking when one is going to do it and the other isn't. That That's difficult from a fantasy perspective. I know overall across the season, Najee finished, what did you say, 22? Yeah. And that's, that's not a bad spot, um, truly. You know, you could definitely and clearly do worse than that. The problem is, if it, you take out his last three games, he's probably running back 40. He finished strong. He had his first couple hundred-yard rushing games at the end of the season, had more touchdowns in the last probably two weeks of the season than he did throughout the rest of the year, almost matched it at that point. So um, a lot of the touchdowns, I think, ended up going Warren's way more than his. So 
it's tough when it's a true split, um, especially when it never seemed like they could get a huge running game going and Harris lagged behind Warren most of the season. So uh, not a team, I think, from an offensive standpoint that's going to light it up. So tread cautiously, but be interested in running backs. Yeah, final note, he only finished about 20 points out of RB1 territory. And as we mentioned, Warren was always healthy, a lot of touchdown split. You know, Warren was getting the receptions. If they just lean on him a little more, you're legit looking at a back-end RB1. You know, I don't think he's going to have much more upside than that. But, you know, like I said, if he's fourth or fifth round, I'm going to have trouble staying away next year. Uh, next one, Cincinnati Bengals. They finished 9-8, and 1-5 and five in the division, which is shocking to me. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, obviously fell short of overall expectations, and part of that is due to the injury to Joe Burrow. Um, overall, the QB for them finished 10th in our league. It does not show because we're Team QB, but I want to say it was like around week 11, 12, 13 when he got hurt. Uh, I want to say it was actually week 13 against Jacksonville. It sticks out for some reason. Uh, however, Jake Browning did decent in relief. The big thing with Burrow is, you know, I think he was our unanimous QB5. I think he deserves to be about there, but... You know, same thing as Tua. Obviously, better, going to put up better numbers, but he doesn't run. So, should you take him top four? No. There's three other quarterbacks I would 100% take every time over him. But, as your quarterback, four, five, six, even seven, I think it's a no-brainer. You know, he's a solid every-week performer. Yes, there are some injury issues. He's been hurt a few times now, but I think it's more kind of flaky than anything. Uh, running back, Joe Mixon, surprisingly enough, finished as an RB6. And, again, I think it talks more about the landscape than how he did. Only average about 14 points a week, and I think he broke 20 twice, maybe, three times total. And one of them was week 18, which helps nobody. Um, two other backup running backs that, you know, we had eyes on but didn't really come into play. I think if, if uh, Mixon is let go as a cap casualty, which is a real possibility, uh, Chase Brown is next to step in. Um, Someone to keep an eye on, I think, in the offseason. Wide receiver Jamar Chase, you and I had him as wide receiver one on our board reasonably number two and everybody he finished at number 12 not that far behind really the top of the pack uh again part of it was the burrow injury he only missed one other week himself but you know with burrow coming back he's going to be top five easily um obviously i would take him in that top in that range probably even still top three um higgins he was up there too wide receiver 48 he had his own injuries throughout the season. He missed a total of, I think, four weeks throughout the season, even five, looking at it now. Good wide receiver. He is not going to be with the team next year. If he is great, he does not deserve to be drafted in the second round, maybe not even a third if he's still on this team just because of his low floor. I do think, though, um, depending on where he goes, Ryan, I might take him in the second round next year. And then finally, Tyler Boyd, if Higgins is let go, does ascend into – Territory where you can consider drafting him super late. Contract that's up as well. I think he's under contract for two or three years, but all right. Well, I don't think he's going anywhere. He's a lifelong Bengal, in my opinion. He could be. I just don't. If you want to do some digging there, I think Jamar, um, looking at his season overall, considering if 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 someone told you he finishes at wide receiver twelve after Burrow goes down, I think pretty much every Chase owner signs up for it. So if that's his floor with a backup quarterback who proved more than capable, what's he going to do with Joe Burrow, who's clearly one of the more elite pocket passers, probably I almost say the second best passer in the NFL um, from just a straight passing standpoint. Can he pick it? Yeah, and Mitch actually, so he's third. <laughs> so um, yeah, if he's healthy, I mean it's basically all go with Burrow and, and Chase again next year. 
Alrighty, Ryan, take us away with the well, Super Bowl is this coming weekend, but by the time this is over, it's probably Super Bowl done. champion, Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, don't jinx it. I got money on them. I'm well, so, so do I, but truth is truth. Anyway, and go ahead. Chiefs finished 11-6 and six to win the AFC West in what was expected to be probably a much better division than where it finished. They were 4-2 and two in the division. This team basically just cakewalked it through the regular season. Um, me and you had many conversations and expected more out of this team, at least from a wins and losses standpoint. Um, they really just didn't look like they were ever going to be able to figure it out and clearly proved us completely wrong and were able to flip the switch and turn it on come playoff time. Um, Fantasy-wise, Mahomes still had a good season. He probably didn't finish where guys were drafting him at. I mean, he was still a top-flight quarterback. You can't you – no one's going to complain. Third? Twelve. 12. Oh, you got your hands backwards. Yeah, so definitely underperformed. There you go. Definitely underperformed from a fantasy perspective based on where the draft value was there. Um, I would think going into next season that it should probably improve, but again, you think of what this team is now, and with Andy Reid and Mahomes and Kelsey, who is probably going to take another step back next year just based on age and banging Taylor Swift. they may just mail it in again. I, I don't know. I mean, Mahomes is, is clearly great. Is it going to be the most fantasy-relevant quarterback position? I think people are going to question that. So it'll be interesting to see where he ends up. But I'd probably steer away from it and get somebody better. Um, you know, like I, I almost – I think I'd rather have Burrow, to be honest. Um, I, 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 you look at from a passing standpoint what that offense is going to do, I think there's probably a little bit more consistency there with having a top-flight wide receiver – like Jamar Chase, um, then having Rasheed Rice as your best wide receiver, even though we like him, clearly going to be probably wide receiver one there. Um, should have some growth, but he's never going to be a guy that goes off for 1,800 yards and 12 touchdowns. That's just not what that offense is. It's very spreaded around. Um, Isaiah Pacheco, um, I think probably from a draft value standpoint this season, I think was ended up finishing pretty well with, with where he was taken and, and yeah, he beat it, beat expectations. So um, that offense, the way they run, um, that guy's a bulldog, and they've definitely found a way to have to use that running game, and especially as they get in the playoffs, they do that too. So I'd be pretty hopeful about drafting Pacheco again last year. I just, I don't know. I Something about me is hesitant about that team from a fantasy perspective, just the way they seemingly just kind of sleepwalk through the regular season. What do you think? Yeah, I, you know, when it came to the playoffs, we were doubting them because they looked like shit. I mean, they lost to the fucking uh, Raiders twice. Like, they looked like shit during the season. And then they come to the playoffs and they turn it on. Were they sandbagging? Absolutely. Last year, I think we kind of had the same idea. Regular season, they were kind of meh. Go to the playoffs, win the Super Bowl, they look great in 2022. You know, maybe it was more of the same. I, you know, I, th- I think this is the worst offensive supporting cast for skilled position players Mahomes has had in his career. Offensive line was great, probably the best O-line and easily the best defense he's had. So, you know, maybe it was kind of a Tom Brady year where he just leaned on the defense a little more. Um, that being said, I do disagree with you a little bit at quarterback. I'm going to be willing to take him top five next year, um, you know, especially if they add someone at wide receiver, which I think they will. 100% agree at the running back perspective, though. Pacheco finished running back 14. This has to be a ceiling. You know, I love Pacheco. He runs hard. He's exactly what I want in a running back in real life. But he's slight of frame. He runs too hard. He's going to get hurt. And I just don't see him doing better than what he did this year. 
Um, he was drafted probably as a low-end RB2. I think he's going to be overhyped next year. People are going to take him as a low-end running back one, and I'm just not going to do it. Uh, wide receiver, though, um, I'm in on Rasheed Rice. I, you and I were in on him going into the season. We have him in Dynasty. He finished at wide receiver 28. Uh, fuck it. Mid, mid RB2, or wide receiver 2 next year. I think I'm in, even at that price. Yeah, I think I think the value is going to be there with him, so you may not have to draft him that high because I think some people don't think the same that we do, but I'm with you. I think that he's going to be a guy that should have continued success and a guy that you can just kind of plug away in your lineup and not really think too much about it. If you go on the Internet, though, it's Rasheed Rice everywhere. I think he's got a huge hype train. I'm really hoping it doesn't go bananas this offseason, but I think it might. Obviously, put an asterisk next to this. Depends on what they do at wide receiver. I really think they're going to make a move. Uh, and then not to take it away from you, but Travis Kelsey finished at tight end three. Um, I was all in on him. Yes, he fell short of expectations. Yes, he was still a viable fantasy player, specifically in tight end leagues. Um, does he leave? I don't think so. If they win the Super Bowl, there's a chance. And maybe Noah Gray steps in, and he's one of those guys you take as a flyer at tight end, especially in best balls, as a late-end guy, or maybe someone you wait till the end of the draft to take. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's hard to compare anybody to Kelsey there. You know, I think Kelsey's still going to probably play next season. I don't see him retiring at this point um, with everything that's going on there. But you have to think he's probably only got another year even remotely close to this. I mean, there's still going to probably be some regression there. So you think he tails away. Based on what tight end is and the volume that he gets, he's probably still going to be a top five guy. Probably trickles down, though, to finish more toward the bottom five, I would think. No longer worth a first-round pick, not even a second. He's fading. He's 34, same age as Gronk. Love to point that out. I'm not taking him in the top three rounds, I don't think, in tight end leagues. There's too many other bodies that emerge this year that, you know, Travis Kelsey is no longer the no-matter-what, no-brainer first-round pick, and you're happy anymore. All right, well, let's switch gears. We'll go to the team that finished second in that division somehow is the Las Vegas Raiders. They finished 8-9, and 4-2 in the division. Uh, Preseason-wise, I think this is uh, expectations is probably about where we kind of anticipated them finishing. But boy, was it a roller coaster there! Ended up firing the coach at the middle point of the season, which seemingly, or well, I guess at the two-thirds mark, and this kind of was a turning point with them. Um, obviously, they left. Was, was Grappolo hurt, or did they just move on from him? I'm trying to remember. It seems like eight years ago. Yes. Yeah, one of the two. Um, hurt and then they moved on from him and when he was healthy they never went back which was stupid 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 but who did they end up starting with because it wasn't Aiden O'Connell it was the other Aiden guy Aiden O'Connell who was the other he guy he was the guy was they the went on with long time or long term what was the other guy that was in the mix though doesn't matter he was dog right uh, a team that is probably going to be expected to upgrade at quarterback uh, running backs Josh Jacobs held out he was fat and slow and really didn't seem that interested after getting paid just never really could get going. After he got hurt, though, Zamir White kind of picked up um, in an offense that does like to run, and with volume, Zamir White did pretty well. Um, I'm not sure if Zamir White's a guy that you can attach the cart to and, and run off with for, for next year. It's not a guy that I would be that interested unless Jacobs would be out of the picture. Um, going to be interesting, I guess, to see what they do at running back because I don't know if Jacobs had signed a one-year deal or if it was a multi. It was, I think it was a multi-year that he held out for, I'm assuming, wasn't it? 
I think so, and I'm just going to point this out here. Uh, he was the leading rusher in 2022. Entering the season, he was like a top, I don't know, six running back. He was someone that I think you and I were just lukewarm on. We were just like, nah. I mean, we just weren't going at running back in that spot. Pretty sure I had zero shares of him. But I can already tell you right now, um, you know, Jacobs was actually serviceable. He missed the final four weeks of the season. Zamir White's final four weeks, 16, 16, 13, 14 points. He scored uh, a touchdown rushing and no receiving during that time. He had 145 yards one week. He's going to be one of those guys. People are going to look back in the season and say, wow, he was good. He's going to be that dude who went nuts at the final four weeks. Um, when people come back in August, they're going to say, maybe he's the guy, especially if Jacobs isn't there, which is what I expect. And I, I'm just not doing it. I'm not investing in If Jacobs Raiders is there and he, fall, and he falls, I think I'd be interested after a full season of another, you know, training camp, um, a normal off season for him with not much contract talk. I think he could be a guy that sneaks and slithers away. I kind of like him on a buy low type of standpoint that if they get something else at quarterback, if the thing with him is if, if he's starting, you know, there's going to be volume, which is almost more valuable than anything else. So that's why I could envision him as somebody that you might want to buy low on going into next year. But enough about the running backs, uh, Devonte Adams, I think, met and probably exceeded expectations. I think we drafted him probably, we had him at the end of a first-round value, and that's about where he finished, wide receiver 14. I don't think a lot of other people would have envisioned him finishing there, and there was a lot of turmoil. I mean, he had a few weeks that were just complete stinkers and clunkers with horrible quarterback play. So if they get any anything with the pulse of quarterback, um, I would expect. I'm pretty sure he led the NFL in targets. Is that not correct, at wide receiver? believe so which is insane considering what what had happened there um also fuck Devontae adams for not getting me one extra catch for five yards to allow me to not win your league this year um a guy i think is going to be probably undervalued going into next year and someone that's going to end up on our teams because he's going to slink and slunk his way to the end of the third round and maybe the early fourth and you're going to scoop him up jacoby myers Fantastic start to the season. Overall, I think exceeded where anyone thought and what he was going to do there. Just not enough quarterback talent at this uh, on this team, I think, to support both of them. It seemed like one of them would go off and the other one would shit their pants. Um, so if they get something else there, Myers is a guy I think has some talent and can make it work. He almost literally looks like Devontae Adams. I had a hard time until you saw the difference between the six and the seven on their jersey, um, even noticing the difference between those two guys. And I think that just kind of speaks volumes for Myers in a sense. I mean, he's not Devontae Adams, but boy, he sure made some great plays and was able to get some good numbers this year to start the season. Hunter Renfro, dead. Let's not talk about it. Tight ends there, dead. Nothing else to talk about. Play shortstop. Which one? To Renfro. <laughs> uh, Almost baseball season. No, yeah, there's a Hunter third Renfro base. in baseball. Thick third, I know thick he's a third. skinny white dude that's like five foot six. Okay. Uh, anyway, Devonta Adams, I would say, fell short of expectations at 14, but I mean, right around there. I mean, we drafted him at the turn as like the 14th overall pick at wide receiver. I mean, there was probably 10 taken, so close enough. Um, yeah, he was maddening to own. I didn't have him in a lot of leagues, but yeah, to start the season 9, 17, 37, 11, and then five straight weeks of less than 10 points. And then he got in week 16, a lot of leagues where it's the quarterfinals, zero, but the championship round, 33. So this dude just makes you want to pull your hair out. Jacoby Myers, I agree with you. Uh, on the field, you literally cannot determine them apart when you're looking at the you know, the side view that's normally shown. They look like the exact player with the hair and everything. Um, but he was really good with Garoppolo early. 
multiple double-digit weeks. Actually, every week was double digits except for one. Uh, but when Garoppolo went down, he became kind of worthless. Uh, final note about the running backs, though. Um, my thought is if Jacobs is still there in the starter, he's going to have a short leash, and I'm going to be worried White is going to overtake him. And in that case, I may take White in fan- fantasy. If Jacobs is not there, White is going to be way too uh, uh, too much hype behind him, I think, if he's the only guy there, and I'm probably going to avoid him. Final note is uh, Michael Mayer, I think, at tight end. I, I don't know why, but I want to say he's a dude that there was a lot of hype behind, and I want to say he was a rookie. Uh, I really don't remember off the top of my head, but that's going to be a name to kind of look into more next season. He was a name that kind of popped up around circles as like a hot waiver wire ad or a late draft pick. You know, considering their lack of options, he might be something to kind of look into next season. Let's roll along the rest of this division. Now we ne- at next finishing in third was the Denver Broncos at eight and nine, winning our bets there, Joey, because they got above the seven win threshold there. AB Broncos uh, finished, finished three and three in the division. Uh, preseason expectations. I remember win loss obviously because we bet it with people and we're considering betting it on our sportbook apps. Um, I think they were, were probably slightly. <laughs> Overexceeded their expectations based on their start that they had at the season. They 100% exceeded, exceeded anything that anyone anticipated they were going to do. Obviously, though, there were still issues with that team. Defense was trash. Um, the offense, not great, but seemingly found a way to, to get it done at times. Uh, Russell Wilson actually had a good season. Um, you can look at some of these quarterbacks that he had a better season statistically-wise than um, obviously, he didn't get to play the last four or five games. Um, this is a team that's going to be looking to obviously get a quarterback this next season, but um, obviously it was more at play than Russell Wilson's actual performance on the field. There was a contract situation there, but he was fine. I mean, I think he probably would have finished fantasy, what, quarterback, probably 12 or 11, I think he would have been on pace for, which, you know, based on where people are drafting him, would have exceeded and they would have gotten some extra draft value capital with, with that pick. Um, Running back-wise, Javante finished right about where he thought he would, um, excuse me, right about where his draft, where he should have been drafted at. Um, Definitely left us wanting a little bit more, but with all the shit going on with this team and the bad start, um, I still think it took him quite a few weeks to get his legs. Um, That one Bears game, Joey, he was set to go off and he got hurt, Um, and I think we had some props and other stuff on him. That could have been his breakout game. He just hasn't seemingly had a game where he's blown everyone's doors off. So um, disappointing, but um, hopeful with that offense and Sean Payton, I'd still go back to that well, but I think he's probably going to be a little bit undervalued going into next season unless um, a massive uh, change at quarterback happens. And I'm not sure what the Broncos plan to do. I'd imagine they're looking to trade up in the draft as Sean Payton probably has somebody in mind that he'd like to – to run away with that team. Uh, Samaj P. Ryan was obviously someone we took to um, with drafting Javante at a few different places. He did okay, to, I think, at the beginning and then really kind of failed off. Julia McLaughlin had a lot more to going on there. I'd envision them probably bringing in another running back to play behind Javante at some point there. I wouldn't have a ton of faith in P. Ryan. I'd probably have more faith in McLaughlin too. So I guess it remains to be seen what, what they do there. Wide receiver play, this was kind of messy. Um, Marvin Mims got hurt. I'm pretty sure Tim Patrick died. Um, Judy and Sutton. I just think without a quarterback here, Joey, from a fantasy perspective, I don't really want to take either of those guys. Without even going too into depth, I just 
top of my head, I don't think I want to even touch him. That's kind of tough. So, you know, Russell Wilson, I'm looking at it right now. Broncos finished 17th at team quarterback. Final four weeks, mm, it wasn't even really kind of Russ. They're clearly going to move on. That was such a weird situation. But, you know, he had 20-some-odd points seemingly every week. He was not a um, someone that fell short of expectations this year. He was solid. So I think he was a viable fancy quarterback this year. It'll be interesting to see where he goes. You know, Javante, we were obviously all over. He finished at running back 31, right at price. Um, P. Ryan, I was actually all over, one of my most owned players, and didn't do anything. Uh, it sucked because another one of those instances where he just never really, um, you know, stepped in. We expected more from him, and, you know, as a handcuff, would have been okay, but Javante never really went down. And Jaleel McLaughlin was one of those guys he had two good weeks of 17-16, never broke more than, like, five points beyond that. Um, I don't expect much from him. Wide receiver Cortland Sutton had 10 touchdowns. That is literally the only reason he was relevant. Finished at wide receiver 34. Um, dude that I absolutely love. I hope he can, you know, break through the chains. Uh, this is a system that should benefit quarterbacks and, you know, receiving running backs and half and full PPR. But, you know, it was a first year back for Sean Payton. He hasn't coached in a year or two. You know, I expect more to come through eventually. Jerry Judy's going to be gone. That's something I'm certain about. But, you know, keep an eye on Sutton, I guess, maybe moving forward. The running backs you know, at cost, and then whatever they do at quarterback is going to be the key to all of this. Finishing last in the division was the Chargers. Joey, we would have never anticipated the season that they ended up having. Um, I would almost have expected them to compete for a wild card in what was a pretty good AFC conference going into the season. Um, obviously, the injury with Justin Herbert pretty much derailed things, but even before his injury, they were basically kind of uh, treading water, to say the least. Um, obviously, with bringing Harbaugh in, Herbert's going to be a guy Joey would probably have easily within that first top six, probably rounding out at the sixth, uh, sixth quarterback, probably on our boards, I would envision at this point. Austin Eckler probably won't be there. Josh Kelly will not be there. Isaiah Spiller is probably the only running back on this roster at this point that's going to be there. I would also envision them probably bringing another running back into that system probably by the draft, uh, but the way the Harbo um, and Greg Roman um, are going to run that offense, um, I think there's going to be some higher efficiency at quarterback, a little less gunslinging from the Herbert side of things, and I also think they're going to run the ball well and would envision whether they bring a free agent in or draft somebody that's going to be a running back that we're going to want to pay attention to. This is not the talent of a 5-1 team. Um, obviously, there's definitely areas to improve, um, but with good coaching, which they have not had, Brandon Staley sucks asshole. Um, they probably should have fired him last year, but for whatever reason didn't. Um, there's Absolutely a, should have. There's a lot of uh, juice left in that tank for Herbert, and I don't think he's been put in the best position to succeed. And he's still had some pretty good seasons. A little underwhelming this year, I guess, with uh, uh, with some of the, I guess, just, um, I don't know, there's seeming some games that he just kind of disappeared and they just didn't get anything done. But I think that's more of an inclination of the team than it truly is on what he is as a quarterback. Uh, me and Joey, you, we would probably kill ourselves to have Justin Herbert as the quarterback of the Steelers or the Bears at this point. Um, Keenan Allen had a great season until he got hurt. He basically just does this every year. When you have Herbert to th- you know throw in the ball, Allen's going to be there. As long as this guy's healthy, Joey, he's a top 10 wide receiver, and it's not really much debate about it. Uh, Quentin Johnson can't catch the ball. Honestly, he may struggle to even touch the field. I don't know how you fix Quentin Johnson. Uh, Josh Palmer, um, 
I guess he did okay in missing Mike Williams. Mike Williams perennially hurt at this point. I think they got to move on from him. I'm pretty sure he's a free agent too. I, I would be done with him. Uh, Jalen Guyton is still hanging around. I'm pretty sure we got him somewhere in, in Dynasty, I think, don't we, Joey? Uh, I think so. I would not be totally shocked if they brought another wide receiver in here. Um, interesting name. Um, you know, if Mike Williams is gone, how would Mike Evans look as an L.A. Charger? Yeah, but I can only get so erect. Can you imagine Keenan Allen and Mike Evans? That's the first time I've really kind of envisioned that. But just thinking about whatever Mike Williams is, I know he's kind of the field stretcher, even though he's got that big body, but um, obviously just never really had any consistency with the injuries there. So to, uh, to put Mike Evans on the outside there with Keenan Allen in the middle, oof, that could be quite nasty. Um, tight ends, Gerald Everett, he's fine. Serviceable, just a guy at tight end. But expectations here, Joey. Um, they're probably not, I don't know if they're going to compete with the Chiefs for the division, but I would not be totally shocked at this point. And from a fantasy perspective, this is a team that should have a lot of our focus next year. I feel like having Brandon Staley at head coach is the equivalent of trying to have sex with two condoms on. It's just, it's redundant and it just doesn't feel good. Like it's, That's kind of what I'm feeling. Do you know no, that by personal I, experience or just No, I don't think I've ever tried that. I mean, maybe once when I was absolutely shit-faced, but... You know, she's not paying attention to confirm. Uh, I don't. I don't know if there's a team outside of the Steelers that I actually root for more than the Chargers, and I don't know what it is. I love Justin Herbert. I love Keenan Allen. We love Mike Williams. We were the OGs of Mike Williams, and he's an absolute beast. He's just never healthy. Um, Justin Herbert, at least in our league, Chargers team quarterback finished top nine. He had two weeks under twenty points basically until week twelve. That's it. He was doing well. He was doing fantastic, and then when he got hurt, it just all fell apart. Um, you know, Keenan Allen, he was a guy I was, I was on this year. You know, we loved the addition of Kellen Moore there, and he was fantastic. I want to say he finished as a top 10 wide receiver, wide receiver 8. Um, Mike Williams, I think, got hurt in the first, like, couple weeks. You know, first three weeks, 6, 12, 23 points. When he's on the field, he's great. I just, I literally cannot, he's on my do not draft list forever. I cannot touch it. Um... Josh Palmer was a very good addition, and he stepped in for Mike Williams really well until he got hurt. I will never draft Quentin Johnson. Dude cannot catch a football. And with the addition of uh, Jim Harbaugh, I'm going to be interested in the running back room here. I think it's going to do good things for Herbert. Depending on who they bring at running back, I think it's going to be an undersold um, fantasy piece, but it's going to be relevant. And then ultimately, tight end Gerald Everett, like you said, he's a body, maybe in best balls, but... You know, this is a team I'm going to be on next year. I hope the win total is like seven and a half, and then they win 12 games because that's the talent they have on this team. And when they don't have fucking douchebag Staley holding them back, I think they're going to be, you know, relevant, if not true, like Super Bowl slash playoff contenders. All right, Ryan, I know you want to move forward with this, but we're actually making a lot better time than I expected. We're about an hour in right now. Let's go through the next uh, final four teams at AFC, and then we can take a break. Plus, I take the lead on this one. So let's move with really the only fantasy-relevant team, question mark, um, the Houston Texans. The Houston Texans went from, what, four wins to 10-7, and seven, winning division, and winning. A, they won a playoff game because they had to go, obviously, to uh, Baltimore where they lost. 10-7 and seven on the season, 4-2 and two in the division, um, led by quarterback C.J. Stroud. Ryan... I think you and I are happy to say that we were all in on C.J. Stroud in Dynasty. I could not believe how many people passed him up. That stupid stuff about his 
um, stupid testing that dropped him down, which might still be fake. We don't know. That was kind of the questions about it. And he should have gone first overall. Thank God for him that he did not. And went to the Houston Texans, finished as a QB8. I will say, not going to touch him fantasy next year. I know people tend to step forward in the sophomore season at running at uh, sorry quarterback and wide receiver. I can't. How is he going to do better than what he did this year? I just I don't foresee it. I think there's going to be way too much steam behind him. I cannot take him as my top ten quarterback, and I think he's going to go like quarterback seven shortly behind Burrow. I won't be surprised if he goes before Herbert, and I just can't do that. Um, you know, Herbert's going to be my five six quarterback, and I'm going there. Uh, what are your thoughts on Stroud, real quick? Uh, I would not be afraid to take him in fantasy by any means. It's hard to see him outperforming what he did this past year. Um, if he matched it, I think most people would be clearly happy with it. The problem is he's going to be probably overhyped there for sure. So um, are you going to be willing to take him at seventh um, overall at quarterback or something in that mix? I'd say I probably wouldn't. Um, I mean, me and you are probably a little bit more lean quarterback, like a top end guy anyway. Um, so to stretch on that guy and where you're going to pay for him, um, I'd be comfortable if he fell into the quarterback like 10, 11 range more than I would at seven, I think, because I think it wouldn't be completely outlandish to say he could finish at quarterback eight without much concern. So I think he's going to be a fantasy starter on all these teams, but I think he's going to get overdrafted. I wouldn't run away from him, but I need him to be at the right value. At running back, we have the biggest, probably the single biggest uh, fantasy disappointment this year, Damian Pierce finished at running back 52. Um, he was some guy I liked a lot going into draft season in like the fifth round or so, and he crept into the fourth, sometimes even the third at running back. And I had no shares just because a little bit of late steam kept him out of my draft range. It's where I was taking running backs just a hair too early. I was still looking at wide receiver in the fourth, and you know, I there was other running backs I liked, but he just crept up there. Luckily, I didn't get any shares. Running back 52, absolute disappointment. Um, Devin Singletary did good. I just, I don't know if I hate him. I don't know what, something weird about Singletary. I'm just not in on him. If he's a starter next year, I'm just out. Um, then the key here is, uh, let's start with tight ends. That'll actually be easier. Dalton Schultz, um, dude we liked quite a bit. We took him as a back end tight end one, had him across the board basically, finished at tight end 11, and had a pretty good season. So I think that was accurate. Probably we're all driving next year, if he's, especially if he's like a 10th rounder later guy. Um, the wide receiver room, this is where it's weird. Nico Collins, Ryan, wide receiver nine. I, I Shocked. He's a guy that we liked the talent the last few years, never had the quarterback, and then he just broke out in a big way. Um, you know, it definitely seemed like it was a little bit more back-heavy, and the word of caution I'll have for myself next year is a lot of that happened when Tank Dell went on IR. Tank Dell got out week 13 against Denver and missed, I don't know, what is that, five, six weeks then? And I think that... Tank Dell can be good, but I remember in midseason fantasy, we're just like, who the hell is going to do it this week? Is it Nico Collins? Is it Tank Dell? Is it Noah Brown? Um, you know, John Mechie's still there. Yeah, Robert Woods. No, I didn't even want to mention that. He's just a body. He didn't really break No, out. at the beginning of it, but there, there was, though, because he had the first One couple week games of double and digits. then everyone else, right, kind of came through. So yeah. it, the difficult Ten part there two, is... Eight points week one. After that, he broke six, seven points once. Right. No, he's he's dead there. I mean, it's going to be a three-headed monster. I'm pretty sure Noel Brown's a free agent, but probably going to be a three-headed monster if they bring him back between Collins and Dell. I think it's going to be a battle between those two at one and two, but there's going to be a big difference. You know, who is the guy? I think Eileen Tank Dell, just with some of the draft stock and what he did. And obviously, you know, Collins had a great season when he was not there. 
Um, you know, but what's going to be the where are they going to be positioned in the draft based on the seasons that they had? I would imagine Collins is going to be ranked above Dell, and he's probably going to go fairly high. Um, I'd imagine he could be sniffing top 15 on wide receiver rankings going the next season, and it's going to be difficult to make that decision to pull the trigger on any wide receiver on the team after basically doing it for one season. Some of those guys got hurt too, so it's messy. There's just there's a lot of question marks. Obviously, there's going to be passing yards there, but I think there needs to be a lot more dissection and thought process um, that goes into selecting who do we think is going to be the number one target there. I think this is why it's important to go over stuff like this now because not a lot of people are going to remember that Nico Collins was like borderline not startable halfway through the season because you didn't know who was going to do what. You know, Noah Brown, I think we can throw away. He had three great weeks um, of 18 plus points, and then he had one, two, three, four, five, six weeks under eight. Like, he's just off. To me, it's between Tank Dell and Nico Collins. I agree with you. Collins is going to be drafted as a high end wide receiver, too. Tank Dell may be a wide receiver, three, and guess what? At that price, I'm going to make a claim right now. Tank Dell is going to be one of my top owned wide receivers entering 2024. Next up, we have the London, ja- sorry, Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, Trevor Lawrence, I think you and I can both agree, one of the quarterbacks we were highest on going into the season and one of the biggest disappointments. Did finish at quarterback 13, but I think you and I both had the same idea. He could have stepped up, could have made the next move, could have finished top eight. Woulda, coulda, shoulda, Ryan, end of the season, Trevor Lawrence just, He's Justin Fields and Daniel Jones. I compared that, I think it was about week 14 or so-ish. They have the exact same stats at that point in their careers. Um, I'm, I'm out on Trevor Lawrence. Unless he's a high-end QB2 and in a Q, two QB league, I'm just, he's not going to be someone I invest in. From a fantasy um, perspective, you know, not to go, you know, I know the Justin Fields comparison is very close, and nobody criticizes Lawrence like the criticism that Fields gets. But from a fantasy perspective, if, if say Fields stays with the Bears for, for, for this purpose, we're both taking Fields above Lawrence. And I know we have our questions with anything with the Bears and all that, but from a fantasy perspective, Fields is such a better play at this point than anything Lawrence is. There's just so many inconsistencies with what he does, and sometimes it just makes you shake your head. And is he an NFL quarterback? Yes, but he's closer to the middle of the pile than he is you know, the top heap of the pile from a fantasy perspective. I agree. Um, next up is a running back. So, Ryan, this is going to throw you for a loop, even though you're probably aware of this. Um, Travis Etienne Jr., third running back in fantasy football. Number three. Shocking. Uh, I just counted it. I think he had 11 rushing tight ends and uh, touchdowns and one receiving touchdown. 12 doesn't seem like a ton, but he had two touchdowns in three consecutive weeks and then a fourth one to end the season. He... This is the dude absolutely due for regression. This is another one. It's just the whole um, landscape of running backs has changed drastically over the last 12 months. He's someone that's going to be drafted way too high. He's going to be drafted as probably, he's probably going to be taken like a mid RB1, and I'm just not um, going to, I'm not going to buy in at that price. Do you know uh, when, the, had, when did the touchdowns correlate with the Kirk injury? Did the touchdowns come before Kirk got hurt? I feel like that stretch he had, had before, came before because I think. Kirk was hurt the last four or five games of the year. And I think those touchdowns came before right the now, middle, right? Five, six, seven, and in those weeks, no, Kirk played yeah, 11, Kirk 12, was six, out 17 at the end, points. So, I mean, yeah, I think so, he's still going to probably be considered a top eight running back on the board. And I think, again, I don't know where we're going to take running backs, but considering what's there and the volume and the usage that he has, 
especially considering Tank Bigsby is a waste of space at this point from a fantasy perspective. Um, based on how he was used, I think you need to probably consider ETN. It doesn't make me feel good, but I think it's still someone that is probably deserving of being in that top echelon running backs. Yeah, it's truly going to be based on where he goes. If he's top eight, eh. If he's a low on RB1, it's going to be one where I'm just like, fine, I'll take him. Uh, as long as he's like fourth round or later, but I'm just not investing a top second round. First, second round pick, 100% no. Third, maybe not even. Moving on to wide receiver, we have Calvin Ridley, the top guy. Actually, wide receiver 17. Um, people hate him all season long. Yes, it was a little backloaded. He had 22 points in two of the final three weeks, and there was a lot of weeks they were duds. But again, another player, you know, you and I were extremely high on, and the one thing I'll say is the caveat, maybe too high on because, again, hadn't played football in two years. Um, I still think he performed well if he's back with the team, which he absolutely will be. I think he could finish as a wide receiver one. I think he will finish as a wide receiver one, um, you know, especially if, like, Christian Kirk leaves. He will go as far as Trevor Lawrence can take you, and maybe Lawrence takes a step. I, I can't predict that, but I think Calvin Ridley at least will be worth a high-end wide receiver two draft pick next season. Other, other wide receivers on the team, Christian Kirk finished at wide receiver 46. I was surprised at how well he did. Kirk is going to be there for another three seasons or two seasons at least. So the question is going to be what they do with Ridley. And, and is the, it, you, I mean, watching Ridley, the talent seemingly was there. It just didn't seem that the opportunity was there. Is that a chemistry thing because he missed with Lawrence? I don't know because it didn't seem like he was missing a step by any means. So I don't know if it's just the relationship chemistry that that Kirk has because he did it last year with them in Jacksonville. Kirk had a great season. I think it's hard to underestimate Kirk at this point because he's definitely a favorite target of Lawrence. You know, he's definitely not a wide receiver one. We both know Ridley's a better wide receiver, but at this point it's really hard to argue with the efficiency that Kirk has in that offense. Looking at it now, he finished with 1.3 fewer points per game than Ridley. He missed the final five weeks. And between weeks 2 and 12, his final week he played was 13, and excusing week 1, because you never know, he had double-digit points every week but two. Every single week, 10-plus. That's consistency. And as a wide receiver 3, I know you kind of want to shoot for upside, but knowing you're getting 10 from your wide receiver 3 or your first flex or second flex, it's kind of fucking nice. Uh, Finished at wide receiver 46. He's a wide receiver 3 next year, with or without Ridley, uh, which I think will be with. He's someone I was really high on in 22. Without Ridley, he's a wide receiver too. Yeah, at least. He was a borderline wide receiver one, I remember, in 22. So he's just a guy that's good. And I think he's going to be undervalued next year. Someone to circle. Not an inspiring pick, but, you know, especially if you go for high upside early on at wide receiver, someone you're going to like. Finally, we have Evan Ingram, finished at tight end four. Um, This was someone I did like a lot. I think he was taken as, like, tight end six, seven across the board. And he was reliable he was consistent he was a great pick he's someone i'm going to lean on probably next year what kind of sucks is seemingly a lot of mouths to feed in this offense but you know defense kind of sucked and that's one of the biggest reasons we were on lawrence in 2022 so uh i think i'm going to be on evan ingram for that next up we have the indianapolis colts a team that is becoming the bane of my existence for basically no reason uh start off with anthony richardson at quarterback. So the tough thing here is, again, we have team quarterback, but Ryan, dude, had all the hype in the world going into the season. You and I know he can't throw for shit, 
and he starts off with 24, 31, 15, and 32 points. Um, if he stays healthy, which is a major if because of how he plays football, he legitimately could probably finish top five. However, he is someone that I don't want to touch. He is someone I think is going to get hurt, and I think that um, I'm going to stay away from him in 2024. Maybe I think on that more. Maybe I change my mind. I just I can't invest in only rushing quarterbacks, and as much as I hate Lamar, he's a better thrower than Richardson, probably even by a country mile, which really means a lot if you think about it. Would have been interesting to see truly what he would have finished had he stayed healthy, but I think that's a guy that just is not going to stay healthy just the way his style is. He didn't protect himself. Maybe he could change it. We've seen some of these other guys really change the way that they run the ball. Obviously, Josh Allen not being one of them, but um, you know, I don't think Richardson has quite the frame and the durability that, that Allen has showed. So a guy that I think we're definitely going to stay away from is it, uh, you know, if you decide to punt and wait on quarterback, is that a guy with some upside that if he stays healthy, you could hit a lottery ticket with? I think so, but I don't think it's going to be anybody that we even remotely key on going into next year. Yeah, I agree. At running back, we have Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss, and then did you know Trey Sermon is a warm body on the Colts? Um, anyway, uh, Jonathan Taylor missed some time. Jonathan Taylor next year. I'm just going to say yeah. that now. I don't know why, but like you think about stability and a guy with talent, and you know, I just just points to him truly. So he missed the four, first four weeks of the season. We know there's some off-field issues to start. Um, didn't have a contract, wanted to sit out. And Jim Irsay, right? Is that the owner? He's a fucking moron. Um, didn't want to pay him. And first game back, six for 18 against Tennessee, one of the best run, de- run defenses football. Jacksonville, eight for 19, which is good. Literally double digits every single week beyond that. He averaged 14.9 points per week, which was good for, like, low-end RB1 territory. But, again, missed some time and had some down weeks. He's someone I'm going to be all over next year. He deserves to be a top-end RB1, top six, and I don't know if he'll be drafted that way. And the thing I like about it, too, is Zach Moss was there. You know, he was really good in relief. He only missed a few weeks, obviously, toward the end of the season. They started to commit to Taylor, finally, after, like, an early split. And I think that's what you want in a running back situation. They're still a good running team. They're going to lean on Taylor. And if he gets hurt, you have Zach Moss. You know, you and I believe in handcuffing, and I truly think that this is a situation to target one that you're happy to handcuff, and you have a clear starter as long as they're healthy. going to be interesting to see how the running game works out there um, while Richardson is playing. And I think Moss did out pretty good when Richardson was in there, but it's always interesting when you have uh, a team that's running. I mean, the, the, the Ravens have made it work when Lamar rushes that they still find a way to run the ball with their running backs, but I don't know. There's always something there that makes me think about it. Maybe that initial thought is wrong, and that if, a, if you're a good running team, it doesn't really matter if it's the quarterback or the running back doing it. But I always just want to put that seed in there, just something to consider at least going forward. Yeah, I remember looking one time, and there was a, there was a stat breakdown on uh, our website, and a guy broke it down with rushing quarterbacks, and it doesn't actually change the running backs that much. They may lose some touchdowns, but they'll actually have a lot bigger rushing lanes because of what the quarterback opens for them. So it basically is a net wash based on their statistical analysis. Um, Wide receiver, we have Michael Pittman, who finished at wide receiver 16. I am floored. Um, part of it was I think he really started to take off after Richardson went down. He did have some decent connection with Richardson. Um, Eight-plus receptions in the first three weeks, but I don't know. Like I, This weird feeling about Pittman, wide receiver 16, Like that, that to me is a ceiling. He is a low-end wide receiver two to me. Um, I can't explain it. I don't know why. 
he did so well. I don't know why I don't like him, but just someone I'm not really high on. Um, and part of it, I guess, is maybe that he was the only real guy there. I know, um, you know, Josh Downs was a body. He had four straight weeks of double digits, but didn't sniff that the rest of the season. Um, you know, he was kind of a flash in the pan. I don't think anything worth really paying attention to. You know, they have Alec Pierce there, our little white boyfriend that, you know, we like, but really isn't a good fantasy piece. You know, maybe that's all it is. Maybe Michael Pittman is good just because he's the only real wide receiver there and the tight ends are just a hodgepodge of crap. Um, but I'm just not a big Pittman guy. Probably not going to be someone I own a lot of shares of in 2024. And obviously the contract, too. We, we don't know where he's going to end up. So um, hard to make a decision or anything there. I don't know. Is Richardson going to be able to get the ball to him more than Minshew did? I don't know. If he's even on the team, that's a big question mark, too. Yeah, I don't know. With um, Minshew or Pittman? Pittman, but uh, Minshew's yeah. going to be there. But Pittman, obviously, you know, yeah. it, did Minshew get the ball to Pittman more than Richardson did? I mean, a question that will remain a question until he decides to come back and play next year. Yeah, I wanna, and something I want to say is I'm not sure if Pittman is actually back on the team next year if with his contract. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, for some reason, I have a feeling he isn't, at, the, at least at this point in time. Switching gears to the final team in the AFC, the Tennessee Titbags. Uh, Titans finished 6-11, 1-5 in this shit division, which is kind of surprising. Uh, quarterback, it's, you know, they have Will Levis in there. Malik Willis is a dead body, unfortunately, for a fantasy team. And Tannehill is 100% gone, but I don't think I have any desire to have Will Levis. Um, the guy we follow, obviously, he also not been named. Likes Will Levis. He thought he saw some a nice, decent flash from him at some point. I, I don't get it. I didn't see anything from Will Levis. It makes me think future fantasy star. Could he be decent? Sure. But putting mayo in your coffee is enough to make me say that something's fucking wrong with you. So I just not something I'm interested in. Plus this team is dog shit. Uh, Running back Derrick Henry finished running back eight. I was not high on him. He actually finished near Jonathan Taylor in terms of average points. Um, He just looks plotting. I know he had some good games at the end of the season. At the end of 2022, he fell off a cliff after being an absolute superstar to start. And there was too many games that he just was lackluster. Um, Looking at the end of the season, he had no less than 12 carries after week 11, and he had under 50 yards in half those games. That's just not something I want to invest in as a top 10 running back. Someone that likely is going to cost you a second-round pick. At worst, a third, and... I don't know how old he is. I, I want to say he's approaching 28, 29, and he's over the hill. He's had too many touches. Yes, I know he's King Henry. Yes, I know he kind of breaks the mold for running backs. No one's built like him, but I just can't do it. He's backed up by Tajay Spears, someone who I think has a kind of a cult following behind him. You know, he had some decent games. You know, looking at reception totals, he only had over four twice, but he did have four receptions like five or six times on the year. Rushing total, I don't think he broke 50 more than once. Looking at it now, no, he did not. He had 70 once, 49 and below. You know, is Tajay Spears a guy? No. He is probably like a Dion um, old Colts running back. Uh, Ranch, not Sanders. I don't know. He's that guy that is a third down guy. He is not going to carry. He was the dude before uh, Henry was there, or, or when Henry was there at first, when they weren't giving Henry the ball. Deion something. That's going to bother me. Anyway, I'll text Not Jackson. you. Deion Jackson. I think it is. Yeah. He was the guy that everyone's like, oh, maybe he's going to get it. And then Henry came in. He's like, no, shut up. I'm the guy. Uh, anyway, Tajay Spears is a third down guy. He is not going to carry early down roles. He's going to get hurt if he does. 
You know, I think he's going to have decent draft stock next year. And unless they bring in a different person over Henry, which they're not going to, I'm just, I'm not in on this backfield anymore, especially at what I expect the cost to be. Um, tight end, Chigi Okwanko. Uh, he was a dude that definitely had like a post uh, draft hype going into the season. Like, I don't know, steam was going behind him. Finished at tight end 23. I want no part of him. He's a talented guy. I think it was because point per, t- point per touch, point per target, whatever it was in 2022 was really good. Just not someone I'm going to invest in. Uh, and then for the wide receivers, you know, we had DeAndre Hopkins finish at wide receiver 21, probably exactly where we expected him. However, it's just he didn't get there in a way we expected. And the only other wide receiver really worth mentioning is uh, Traylon Burks, and he's not worth mentioning. He finished at wide receiver 125. Uh, I know he missed a good stretch of games. He missed three before the bye and three after, but um, never hit double digits. This is DeAndre Hopkins' world. We're all just living in it. Um, does he leave? Does he join, join KC? Does he go somewhere else? I don't know, but um, D-Hop is a guy that I can't be excited about entering 2024, especially with the QB situation. I do think he was a little bit better with Will Levis than he was with Tannehill, but where do you draft him? I don't know. It's just so far up in the air. I don't have any good thoughts or comments about him at this time other than can't cross him off, but also can't circle him really. I think he was non-existent with Tannehill. And then the only reason he had any level of notoriety was because Levis was in there, but even that was kind of hit or miss as Levis went through some of the growing pains. I think that there's some type of opt out that he has in his contract where if he leaves, um, which if he has the ability to leave, I think he will leave. Um, You mentioned Kansas city. Um, They're going to need to find somebody else there. Do they have the draft capital or want to do it with the draft? I don't know. Um, if D-Hop is gone and Traylon Burks is the guy, you know, what do we do with him? You know, that's a question. Um, I'd assume at that point then they'd still have to bring somebody else in, which wouldn't be completely surprising. Um, a lot of questions there. This is a team that we're probably going to see regress without Vrabel, I think. Lots of, lots of issues there overall. So it's just from a fantasy standpoint, it's not a team that we're going to have a big red circle around. Yeah, I still say Grable is one of the best coaches in football. Um, letting him go was a mistake. So it, that's going to be a team we won't know until August rolls around. So. Yeah, six wins with Grable, and then what? Yeah, probably due for some even more regression Ooh, there. I'm, I'm going to say like two. They're going to be a team that we bet under next year because their win total is going to be seven and a half, and I'm going to bet way under that one. All right, any other final comments about the AFC, Ryan? Well, I think we covered pretty in depth, probably a little longer than we anticipated, but uh, you know, I don't think we shied away too much from, from getting into some good depth here with uh, each of these teams in every division here in the AFC. Oh, I think this is actually quicker than I anticipated, and I didn't want to tell you. I fully expected this to be four hours, but you know, approaching an hour and a half, I think, for the first half, plus got some of the beginning stuff out of the way is good. And then we have the terrible NFC coming up and, you know, whatever next time we sit down and go over this, hopefully next week. So um, I guess at that point, I just want to say as we wrap it up here, remind everyone to follow our, our wagers on Twitter, which we haven't posted on two years. So feel free to just ignore that. Um, yeah. If you have any problems gambling, which I don't know, we haven't really done as much lately, unfortunately, too busy. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Um, understand that people are there to help you if you need it and otherwise Ryan send me to bed to my four month old Joey I don't even remember how we used to wrap these things up so uh, let's, it felt go, really uncomfortable. let's just let's just go to bed <laughs> alright yep until next week <laughs>